Welcome to episode 34 of Slaytanic Vercast. I'm Mo from France, and to my west, broadcasting live from Matt Hancock's virtual reality groping simulator, it's Dr. Lequescence. How are you doing, Doc? Um, I'm as well as can be expected. Um, hmm. It's not fun in here. No, I imagine not re- deplorable. Um, it's just not fun. Hmm. It's not... It's not nearly as much fun as I thought it would. Well, it's not nearly as much fun as I dared to hope it would be. I don't, I, I, my impression would be that it's just decidedly grim. And boring. Boring, yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, nothing goes on in here that you can't imagine your parents getting up to. Ooh, um, God, what a thought. I mean, uh, considering that... My pet, what well, at, at, at least one of my parents was uh, Nyarlathotep, the crawling chaos, and the other one was probably Shadnigarath. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> then there's a good reason why it, I'm, I'm not going to say it's nothing that my parents got up to, but somebody else's parents, yeah, uh, human parents, human parents, yeah. Mm. Um, and it, it, it is, it's, it's, it's just a bit grim and boring. And my, uh, I would have thought education, wealth, and privilege would have, um, Fostered just more imagination than that. Mm, yeah, just, just going around touching bums, basically. It's, it's all very vanilla, isn't it? Makes the worst excesses of Benny Hill look like um, Maki Dasad by comparison. Um, <laughs> or, 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 or at the very least, Pasolini. Mm, any uh, Pasolini, that would be uh, 120 days of Sodom. Is that, that That's what we're talking about, isn't it? Yes, that's right. Yeah, that's the fella. Um, any other interlopers? Have you spotted? Have you spotted Bojo by any chance? Um, no, I mean some 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 cobweb material floated by a little while ago. Mm-hmm. Um, mm. So I, I I don't know whether that was like a, a sort of imperfectly rendered avatar, mm-hmm. um, a sort of bundle of whitish greyish cobwebby material floated past at approximately head height. Sure, sure. Um, then an, 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 an oddly disembodied pair of very, very broad trousers. Oh, that's strange. Very, very broad trousers. Yeah. Um, that threatened to be quite interesting um, because, I mean, there's, there is something perverse about the lower half of a morbidly obese man. Sure, yeah. Walking around. Yeah, thanks, um, Doc. I appreciate it, yeah. But, I mean, I, I, I would have been more excited if it had had hooves. <laughs> um, yeah, of course, yes, yes. By cloven hoof, be gone. That's, gone. What, that's what you could have. That's what you could have shouted at, at this entity. Could it be a graphical glitch? Um, I think in common with most government-sponsored IT projects, um, it was just woefully underspecked. Mm. Um, I think they're probably working off a spec that was put together in the pre-internet days, because government projects take a really, really long time to get going. That's really disappointing. In my head, it was like the uh, like the holodeck on on like Quark's holodeck on Deep Space Nine, but nothing of the sort by the sounds of it. No, I mean, it, sort of when when you're actually in here, the the, the, the pixels are approximately the size of cigarette packets, <laughs> um, and the, the the collision detection is 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 appalling as well, which, mm. which means that, for instance, that the, the the trousers. The, the, the lower half of the morbidly obese man just walked right through me at one point. Oh, God, Doc. God. But, you know, we appreciate you 
doing what you can to entertain us. Um, and, 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 and thanks for, for your endeavours. I've had a much more boring day, to be honest. I haven't really done much. been watching the football, of course. Um, and to give people a clue as to when we're recording this, just finished watching the uh, Spain-Switzerland match, which ended in Switzerland's elimination, despite their valiant endeavours. Um, and other than that, I've cleaned some windows, Doc. Now, I don't know about you, I always radically underestimate how long and difficult a task cleaning windows is. I've got a newfound respect for the nation's window cleaners, basically. Yeah. Um, likewise, um, I always think to myself, you know, when, when, when I have to go and clean some windows, oh, this will only take 15 minutes. Yeah, 15, 20 minute job, you know. Two hours later. <laughs> exactly. Uh, and even from here. I can still, it, it's an impossible job, isn't it? It's like painting the fourth bridge or the Golden Gate Bridge. It's a job that you can never truly finish. Um, yeah, because even as I sit here, I can see little smudges and kind of thumbprints and things. Um, make me very dissatisfied. Are you one of those people who has to sit there for the rest of the afternoon um, with a flannel in your lap? And whenever you catch a smear or a smudge or something, you have to go and correct it. Well, I, I, I'm fighting that urge. I, I can see one right. I can see one right now that's that's bothering me, but I'm determined to conquer that 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 urge basically because I, I don't want to be that guy. It, 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 what next, Doc? What next? If I start down that path, shoe polishing. Obsessive shoe polishing. Oh, God. Yeah, well, fortunately, I don't even own a pair of shoes, so that's not going to be a problem for me. Topic time, I feel. Yes. Here we go. Of all extreme forms of music, why is metal the most reviled? What do we think about that one? Um, because it's the only one... Um, with the confidence and the balls to not have to take itself completely seriously all of the time. Mm. It's the only one um, that's actually got a sense of humor about itself. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's the only one that, that it does not mind how silly it looks to the outside world. Mm. I, was, I was thinking about, you know, kind of like hardcore, I don't know, hardcore scat jazz, something like that, you know, which yeah. is, you know, very, very challenging music. I don't personally care for it, but that, that, that that's neither here nor there. You know, it, it is unquestionably challenging um, and takes a lot of patience, perseverance and self-education, I think, to truly get a handle on it and to find appreciation in it. But if you, you know, if, if somebody starts to play some scat jazz... There might be the odd like, little whisper, oh, what the hell's this? But nobody seems to get angry about it. But if you put on some, I don't know, some fucking gayer side or something, people become apoplectic. Um, there's so many other forms of extreme music. Um, and I know why they do this, and I don't mind that they do it. But they, they culture around themselves an, an aura of, um, not austerity, um, an aura of, of, of foreboding. And um, I don't think it's Emperor's New Clothes stuff, um, but people are generally reluctant or reticent to criticise things that they know that they don't completely understand. Mm. Um, 
in the end, there's nothing that's very difficult to understand about metal. Mm. Mm. Um, I, I get the idea that sort of some people approach it um, thinking that it's it's external so it's it's external vague ridiculousness conceals some great sinisterness um, at its heart, uh, but it doesn't take you long to realise that no, it really doesn't, and. I think because metal is prepared to basically lurch around the place with a big, stupid beard up grin on its face. Mm. Um, and it, it's, it's this peculiar thing that's, that's a hallmark of a lot of um, pop culture artifacts that, that I like. Um, you have to be able to do this kind of double thing, which is love it and take it seriously whilst at the same time realising how intrinsically ridiculous it is. It's not a problem for me, and it never has been a problem for me. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I think the revilement derives from the fact that people feel that they can understand <clears throat> metal um, much better than they can understand free jazz or um, experimental noise. Um, it's, it, it seems to me, Doc, and I'll be interested in your take on this. It seems to be a particularly kind of Anglo-centric um, mental um, condition, particularly to do with, you know, with, with, with metal and extreme music. Um, you know, spending lots of time in different countries, I've noticed that if you go to a party you know, the person will often put on just like a like a mix, not a mixtape these days, but, you know, like, um, what do they call it? A playlist. Right. Um, and it will be a, a real kind of hodgepodge, a hodgepodge of different musical styles and, and will frequently include, you know, what I would consider to be quite hardcore metal bands. You would never see that in Britain or America even, I don't think. I don't understand, what, 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 you know, what, what, why our European cousins are so much more open-minded than we are. Um, right. I, just for once, I was trying really, really hard to keep the class politics out of this. Yeah. Um, but it's a peculiarly... I've dragged you in. I've dragged you in, Doc. It's a peculiarly British thing. And um, in the UK, heavy metal is intrinsically associated with poor white men. Mm, it's true. That's why it's despised with even greater vehemence um, in this country. Mm, mm. It's a shame, isn't it, really? You know, people just closing themselves off to something that if they just gave it half a chance, maybe they'd, maybe they'd find some enjoyment. But, you know, I'm a hypocrite because I don't give, I don't know, I don't give opera a chance. So, you know, we're all, we don't, you know, we've all, we've, we've all got our crosses to bear, I suppose. No, but I, I, I don't suppose you spend a lot of your time hanging around Covent Garden laughing at people on their way to the opera, do you? No, 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 not recently. No, it's been a few years since I've since I've done that. You're right. Um, I don't know. I just I, I find it just a little bit disappointing, to be honest. You know, the, you know I'm, I'm no kind of tub thumping jingoistic British nationalist, but at the same time, you know, I have to acknowledge the influence that that, that Britain has had on world music. Um, you know, from the from the sixties through to the early 2000s, I would say, that seems to have stopped. Um, and I just, you know, I just, I, I, I just think that people should, I don't just have a bit more appreciation, I suppose. But it's, it, 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 you know, it's my sacred cow, I guess. 
Um, I don't necessarily have a problem with it. Um, I mean, I I laugh at metal all the time, mm. um, and you and I do frequently um, mm. on this, and I expect we'll be doing so um, within the next 50 minutes. <laughs> um, <clears throat> in my case, it's affectionate, and I'm very, very confident and relaxed laughing at it, believing as I do that I have a relatively deep understanding of why I find it funny and why I think the people who made it also find it funny. Mm. Um, and it's an admirational mockery. Um, and the fact is that after all of this time, out of, out of all forms of music, metal has ended up with a lot more of my affection. Mm than most other forms of music have. Mm. He did, I had an interesting conversation with, with, with a good friend of mine. He, he's, um, he, you know, he, he, very eclectic in his musical taste, but he, he, he likes a bit of metal. He likes Slayer. He likes Bolt Thrower. Um, but he's very, very selective. Um, and I played him some Hammerfall. You, you mm -hmm. know, he absolutely hated it. And, you know, I, I tried to explain to him, you know, you, dude, you're not meant to take this seriously. You know, stop being so fucking po-faced. Um, and he just couldn't quite wrap his head around that. You know, how can you love something and at the same time think it's ridiculous? Well, I would say most of the stuff I'm into, I love it. But I know that it's absolutely ridiculous at the same time, you know? Yeah. And uh, I mean, I, I think in order to do that requires a, a, a level of sophistication um, in its own right. Um, I think it requires that you become very, very confident and very, very comfortable with your, your operating medium of choice. Mm. <clears throat> um, it's a kind of a cognitive dissonance, I suppose, isn't it? You know, this, this is this is brilliant, but it's but I know it's shit. You know, um, it's one kind of cognitive dissonance. Um, I, I mean, a, a, an opposite kind of cognitive dissonance is um, I don't even like this, but it's cool. Mm. Oh sure, yeah. You're like uh, your posers, basically. You're talking about there, aren't you, Doc? Yeah, I mean, a, a, a great many posers and scenesters and mm. um, buy records and make a point of, of, of liking bands. Um, in the case of many, I, I, I don't actually believe those people like that band, um, particularly when it's someone I've known for years and I know what they used to what, what they used to listen to one year ago. Sure. Yeah. And th th there's been a transformation and you, you just think it's kind of following a trend. Picking an artifact, doing something to try and give yourself some cachet, or try and make to, to to try to make yourself look cool, or to try to get into someone's knickers, or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I suppose, yeah, that is a very, very um, frequent occurrence, isn't it? You know, so suddenly somebody starts dressing like a goth because the chick that he fancies just happens to be a goth, for example. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I know what you're talking about, Doc. Um, should we get into it? What do you think? Why should we not? Why should we not? Welcome to part two of the show. Here, we're just going to play the track as normal, pause it, and talk about whatever strikes our fancy. Here we go. <laughs> It's a 
rock solid start, isn't it? What a riff that is. Um, I'm going to come straight out of the box this evening. Uh, I normally try to keep my opinions behind my teeth for a little bit longer. Yeah. Um, but when I was doing my two or three listens through of this track to prepare for um, the podcast this evening, I don't even think I realised how much I loved the song before. Mm. Um, I mean, it's it's kind of forced me to move my top ten Slayer songs list. Mm. Oh, really? Oh, there right. we go. We've got, we've got a reshuffle. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Very interesting. What, um, what, what, what captured your imagination, Doc? Precisely what captured my imagination was something we were talking about in the last episode. Yeah. Um, and I'm going to say the word, and then I'm going to put it down, because I expect you to pick it up. There's a particular point later on in the track, and I expect you to pick it up and come back to it. But all I'm going to say is foreshadowing. Oh, yes. Okay. Interesting. Uh, uh-huh. And then moving on from that, it's... Um, it's just got something about the track we listened to last night or in the last episode um, was very, very spare, very stripped down. It had a single statement to make and a single thing to say, and it did that. Yeah. Um, this is the precise opposite, and it gets the whole palette of colours and the whole canvas and everything that Slayer do. And it's got something of everything all in the same track. Mm, mm. And th- this opening riff, it's a really unusual structure, you know, because you've got the, the big power chords, which is got the first half of the riff. Then you've got some kind of intricate single single finger stuff. Which yeah. The first repetition they do once, the second repetition they do twice, and the third repetition they do three times. It's a really, really unusual structure basically you know they, they don't even go to the fourth one which you know which you would con- you'd, you'd expect them to end at two or four but no they do it at three it's pretty cool let's go <laughs> isn't it dark this is groovy as fuck it certainly is really really yeah. great that kind of you know mid mid to low tempo um those those really crushing power chords being played intermittently and obviously dave's just killer beat in the background what's not to love doc i challenge you um there's nothing not to love and um i think what gave me a bit of positive prejudice going into this is this um we're at the point of the album where you'd expect to find the dregs at the bottom of the barrel, mm-hmm. um, close to the end of site two. Yeah. Um, and I think this is true of most bands, but as we've observed with albums one and album two, um, this is where Slayer typically bury the songs they don't like very much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, of course. Um, yeah. And at, at the, so, I mean, many people talk about um, an album having the, uh, the W structure. Um, so you start off high and then as mm-hmm. you go from left to right, it dips halfway through side one, you end side one on a high note, and then you start side two on the same high note, yeah. and then it dips badly halfway through side two, and then you try and pull off a, a killer to finish with. Yeah, of course, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're, we're, we're at the um, 
we're at the bottom of the second W at the moment. And I wasn't expecting much from any song in this position on any album, because I mm-hmm. never do. And yeah. to, to find this little gem, um, which I'm not sure I'd ever paid proper attention to before. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's a curio. Uh, maybe it is the positioning on the album. And maybe also the fact that it kind of bleeds into the last track. Um, so, you know, maybe that maybe, the, the, you know, it kind of gets condensed in, in the mind with, you know, with, with the closer. It's possible, isn't it? I, I yeah. certainly feel that the, I, I certainly almost subconsciously consider this track and Raining Blood almost to be one song, really, which I know is nonsense. Yeah. But I take your point. Um, I think it's because at this point, when you when you listen to the album, at this point on the album, you're gearing yourself up for Raining Blood. Yeah. Any penultimate song is almost kind of destined to be ignored. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and thanks for the um, unintentional correction there, by the way, Doc, because I think I called the, the last track Rain in Blood, when you are quite right, it is in fact called Raining Blood, isn't it, the song? Yes, it is. Yeah. The album, you are quite... I remember I first... <clears throat> um, no, no, it's not the, certainly not the first time I heard the song, but the first time I saw the video to Raining Blood was on MTV, it must have been 93, 94, something like that. And the credit came up, you know, Raining Blood by Slayer. And I was absolutely outraged. I thought, how can he not get the, how can he not get the title correct? You know, because I was foolishly assuming the track was the same title as the album. I think many, many people thought the same thing. I seem to remember that, um, any magazine or television program or radio program that dared to make that, that, that dared to reference a song called Raining Blood um, would get furious letters and phone calls. Like, uh, mm. Get the name right. It's mm. Raining Blood. And yeah, no- and I made the same the same mistake as well. Uh, let's press on. on point again isn't he and, and we've got another we've got another priest uh, another priest uh, squeal which is always yeah we've got the half of the whale yeah you got it yeah yeah absolutely great i think this this pace um of music really really suits tom's voice perfectly you know he's got that he's got the aggression but he's also you know i think people underestimate the 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 the, the, the actual melody that he carries in though in in that gruffness and and, and it, the the slow to mid tempo stuff accentuates that. I think the slow to mid tempo stuff accentuates it massively. Um, yeah. Thesis. Uh, I'm going to put a point to you for uh, uh, for you to criticise. If this were a tiny bit slower, yeah, and not very much. If this were a few BPM slower, this is borderline doom. Mm-hmm. If this were a tiny bit slower, you could imagine Cathedral playing this, couldn't you? Yeah, you know, if it's kind of like, yeah, you're damn right. 
you're damn right. So yeah, the, 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 those degrees of separation between different genres in, in metal are, are often very, very slight, aren't they? Yeah, I mean, um, we've, we're here um, at the, the, the slower end of thrash, bordering on doom. Mm. Um, and then in the previous, or in previous tracks, um, we've been, at, as we've commented before, um, whilst still being thrash, um, we have been as fast as you can get without becoming comical. Sure. Yeah. 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 At, kind of at the point of parody, effectively. Yeah. You know, ju- just on that line, just just treading that line. Um, I, I mean, there the comes a point, and Slayer aren't even the most guilty of it. Um, there are other bands who are more guilty of. Um, just playing thrash to see how fast they can play. Mm. And some of them, I can't help but suspect someone, um, some, some, some producer or some recording engineer somewhere um, had their hand on the undercranking knob on the, uh, on the tape recorder. Mm. Yeah. I think, I mean, there are thrash bands out there that do that. I can't, I mean, I can't put my finger on one instantly, but I can think of another couple of bands in different genres. I'm thinking, um, an old Nathrak, who are like, um, I suppose, like industrial black metal, just insanely fast. I find it utterly unlistenable, unfortunately. <laughs> um, it's, it's just too much. It's too much for my poor ears. Um, I'm a sensitive soul. And then, <clears throat> um, who's the other one? I, who did I think of? Oh, yes, Carnal Forge would be a fine example of this. I suppose they'd be, I mean, they are thrash, really, but I think they're classified as post-thrash, whatever that means. <laughs> um, um, you know, I think they're Swedish. The name Carnal Forge, of course, is um, uh, derived from the from the carcass track of the same name. Yes. Um, and, 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 and their raise on Detra was, was just breakneck speed with right. quite intricate, intricate single-picked finger, single-finger-picked melodies, if, you, if, if, if I'm clear enough. Um, yeah, and, and you know, I, I think their albums tend to clock in around between the between the twenty eight and thirty three minute mark. Um, you know, ten tracks. So they're taking the Slayer blueprint really, and just taking it taking it to. Well, I was going to say taking it to the next level, but actually, what they're doing is kind of stripping out all of the dynamics, and all you're left with is is the speed. Um, and maybe and maybe that's why maybe that's what makes Slayer. The greatest of them all, Doc, because you know, because I can do that. I remember you. You made a fine observation. You, you make many fine observations, Doc. But one that particularly, you're welcome. But one that particularly sticks in my mind was when I think we we both heard Slayer's seventh album together for the first time, which was Diabolus yeah. in Musica, the album, <clears throat> and one of the songs in particular you observed. <clears throat> was very very kind of new metal influence, which it definitely definitely is, um, and you and, and you were quite cross about that, and, and correctly so. Um, but then the track drops into some kind of proper old school Slayer, um, and you and you made the point, you know, look guys, we can do what you can do, but can you motherfuckers do this? You know, yes. um, yeah, I, I remember that really really distinctly doc because I, I thought it was a, a really a really great observation another 30 seconds what do you reckon yes please <laughs> <laughs> 
now isn't it you know they're they're, they're, they're they're kind of up in the intensity at times i don't know if you agree with this doc it almost sounds like they're, they're, you know, they're, there are mistakes you know they're, they're kind of not hitting the chords at exactly the same point in time i think so too yeah um how intentional do you think that is well i th- well, i don't think it was intentional to play it that way but i think it was an intentional decision to keep it because it makes it sound kind of raw and real yeah you know it gives you that kind of live vibe my imagination is they did the guide they they did the guide version of the song yeah so multiple instruments um and then typically if you've got a mid-sized budget not a huge one but a mid-sized budget you do a guide version yeah it's like Um, with a click track effectively well uh, that would be how you do it on a big budget yeah so um, you'd start off and the drummer would just, you'd, you'd start off with the drummer and the only thing you would record is the drummer tapping the two sticks mm. along to give you a guide tempo. Mm-hmm. Um, then you'd record another instrument. If you haven't got quite enough budget for that, you'll, you'll do a guide recording. Um, so you'll record it as live. Then you go back and listen to it and you decide which bits you're going to replace in which order. Mm-hmm. Um, so for instance, you might decide, you know, once, once you've got your guide pattern down, you might decide actually the guitar track's okay. Um, we'll keep that, but we'll replace the other guitar track Mm. and then we'll replace the bass track. Um, I think they did the guide track, um, and listened back to it once and said to themselves, like, fuck this, we're keeping it. Yeah. 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 That's awesome. That's, that's awesome. Leave it there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, or it is possible, you know, that, that that they did multiple other recordings of it, and ultimately went, you know what, guys, that one there with the mistakes in, that's the one we like the best because it sounds the most authentic. Yeah, um, or just that one sounds the best. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, it they're ratcheting, ratcheting it up, so it, it's been kind of mid to slow tempo, and instead of kind of going breakneck full throttle. I can't quite identify how they make how they are making it more intense. I think it maybe it's just the number of individual chords they're playing, and the fact that they're kind of hitting it on the A chord, so it's got that kind of trebly abrasiveness that we've commented about before on this album. There have been a couple of tracks where suddenly they're up on the A string, and instead of the fury and obnoxiousness in a way coming from the the speed of it, instead it's coming from the from the treble. And I think it's from the direct from, from, from the mid rangeiness of it. Yeah. yeah, from the mid range, maybe even. Yeah, yeah. What do you think about that? Um, yeah, so um, just to recap and make sure I've got this right, we, we've noticed a couple of times on this album where it's been possible for them to make a decision as to whether they're going to put a bar chord basically across, a, a, across the fifth fret on, 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 on the low string, mm-hmm. um, or they can get the same chord. 
um, by ignoring the low string and playing it open on the A string. Yeah, because Slayer choose... would never. Oh, sorry, Doc. Slayer would never play like a bar a bar chord. They would. They would. You know, they they are power chord merchants, aren't they? You know, it's three strings. Press the three strings down. Whether that's off 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 the E or off the A, you, you know that that they are purist power chord merchants. Fine. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't think Slayer have ever played a six or five or six string chord. I'm sure they've played them, but they've never recorded them on an album. <laughs> yeah. They've never played one intentionally. Exactly, exactly. It was a mistake. And, and, and they flagellated themselves furiously afterwards. Yeah, so um, correct myself there a bit. I think what I was really getting at is if you have the choice between um, playing, I mean, your three fingers. Yeah. And your four finger goes on. Uh, the fat string, yeah. the low string, on the fifth fret. Sure. You can get the same note by <coughs> pretending that string isn't there and muting it with your thumb across the top. You got and it. Playing, and playing the A string open. You got it. Um, You're right. Of course, it's the same notes, it's the same chord, but you get wildly different tonal qualities. Mm. Mm. Um, and we've noticed where they've done this both ways in the same song for a particular effect. I'm thinking Altar of Sacrifice was is one that that, that springs to mind. I'm, I'm pretty sure they absolutely obliterate the A string on that track. Yeah. Let me tell you, Doc, I think this is my single favourite Slayer riff ever. I can't begin to tell you how much fun that is to play. It's awesome. Um, it's one of those things that's deceptively hard to play. Um, I would imagine I've never tried. Um, superficially, it sounds like the same two or three notes. Um, but once again, there's, there's a tonal quality in there, and there's a really, really weird interval. Mm -hmm. um, how do you play that? Well... I've got to tell you, Doc, it's pretty easy. It is quite an right. easy, it's quite an easy riff um, because it is just, you, you know, you're just kind of double strumming as, as quick as you can to the beat on the E string. And it's, it's I can't remember with it without actually picking a guitar, but it's, it's either three or four individual changes on the E string. And, that, and then for two or three notes, you go up, onto the A string. It's not, it's not difficult at all, but it is just such an adrenaline rush. Mm. It, I think because, it's, because it does sound kind of artificially challenging, when, it, when, it, when in reality it is not, um, maybe, maybe that adds to the, to the enjoyment of it. It just, it, that's one of those riffs. You've got that, and I think the Black Magic riff, if I haven't played the guitar for a long time, and I want to kind of get myself up to speed a little bit. They're the riffs I'm playing. They're the riffs I'm playing, Doc. That's interesting. Yeah. Um, Carcass loved that riff, didn't they? What, the, 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 the one we've just heard? Yes. Yeah. The, what um, do you mean? Well, if you listen to the second album, um, the Recomputer... The second album is the Recomputrefaction, isn't it? I always get it wrong. I always get no. it back to front. Symphonies of Sickness or Recomputrefaction? No, 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 you're right. Uh, the second one, the one I'm thinking of, is Symphonies of Sickness. Yeah, I, I always get them back to front as well. 
um, you hear a lot of iterations and variations on that riff. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, in that album, and mm. I, I, I think it's fair enough to say that Carcass really, really like that riff. Yeah, well, I, I think it's fair to say that many of those kind of proto death metal pioneers were. Let's just say slightly influenced by Slayer. What do we reckon? <laughs> I think that's possibly true. Yeah. Should we close the track out, dude? Yeah. It's obviously that obviously that feedback continues and and starts with you know with, with, with the next song. So that was postmortem uh, track number nine from Rain in Blood. No solo. Oh, sorry, go on. No solo. No solo. No. In fact, there are no. There's no solo in this or the next track. How about that? Yeah. Very interesting choice, isn't it? Definitely. You know, because one of their identifiable features i would say it is their kind of chaotic solo so to close an album with not just one but two tracks without them is, is a very very bold decision so does that make a total of four tracks on the album with no solos in well we've, there was definitely one prior to this wasn't there i can't remember whether it was piece by piece or necrophobia yeah. yeah so piece by piece if it was track two yeah. Um, so yeah, so that'd be three tracks in total, I think, with Son's solo. Um, but very bold to certainly not not to feature one in 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 your very last track. Definitely. Yeah. Did did you miss it? Did did it need a solo? It's one of those things that literally has only just occurred to me mm. uh, because um, I was stealing myself for the great game. <laughs> Um, I was stealing myself, and I, I, was, I was just thinking to myself, I'd better concentrate on this because the the the, the great game is coming. <laughs> of course, um, yeah. and no cheating, I, I, God. no cheating. Um, I've been doing quite well for the last couple of songs. You and uh, and am, am, am I able? Am I going to be able to call this solo for Kerry <laughs> uh, or Jeff? And then there wasn't one. No, no. Um, and it had never occurred to me before in my life, and now sitting here thinking about. The fact that there's no solo, it just seems odder and odder because it seems like um, piece by piece doesn't miss it. Um, it's the most unmetal track I think we've heard Slayer do so far. The more I think about it and the more I look back on it, that song kind of deserved a solo. It didn't miss it. No, no. I didn't miss it while I was listening to it. Mm -hmm. But thinking back on it now, it seems like there ought to have been one. Yeah, yeah, just something brief, you know, just a, a fifteen-second flurry, maybe. But I didn't miss it. In, I, I didn't miss it in the slightest. I, I don't think it's required in that song. Um, I suppose, you know, I kind of trust creatives, and and and, and if, if you know, if, if 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 Jeff and Kerry felt that the solo wasn't needed, then I'm you know I'm happy to give them the benefit of the doubt, basically. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I I, I wouldn't be about to. Um write to Def Jam Records and demand a partial refund because I didn't get the number of <laughs> solos I deserved yeah. on the album. Yeah. Mm. Or, you know, get Kerry back in the studio to re-record that song with a solo just for you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> any, any other observations, Doc? Well, uh, for the second out of three times this evening, um, I'm just going to have to say I loved that track. I yeah. absolutely loved it. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, did, I did too. I, I, th I think it is... I did, I think I think it is one of their one of their masterpieces. Actually, I, you know, it it would certainly be my in my top ten, um, and you know, it, it's up against some pretty stiff competition uh, to steal a line from Blackadder. But you know, I've got a new uh, aphorism uh, to introduce you to here um, for a song that has never before even been on my Sladar. Um, oh, very good. It's <laughs> now uh, it's now made its way to maybe position number three or four. Wow. Wow, it's very, very impressive. Yeah, yeah. Um, but and, and but strangely, you know, one of those tracks that, 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 that does seem to be almost oft overlooked for some reason. I think by both me and you. Even Definitely. though I, even though I say that riff is one of my favourite riffs of all time, I, I don't I don't then make the mental connection to the individual song. I play the riff in isolation, not as part of the the, the song in its entirety. I'm going to stick my neck out here. Um, it might be a very real candidate for the song you play to someone who's not into metal or not into thrash or not into Slayer mm. to introduce them to metal and thrash and Slayer. It's a really that might really, be the song. Yeah, that's a really good point. I think. I think if yeah, I'm, I'm trying. I'm just trying to think off the top of my head. If somebody, if somebody said to me, you know, play me. You know, oh, Mo, you like Slayer. I've, I've never heard them. I don't really like metal. Can you play me play me a Slayer song that I can dig? Oh, I'd probably go South of Heaven personally, but maybe that's a bit obvious. It's also not typical. It's not. No, it's um, not. I mean, it, it's, it's one of its... <clears throat> um, I'm going to say something borderline blasphemous here. It's kind of like One by Metallica. Mm. Um I know people who, well, I, I don't actually know the people. I can imagine some people I know who wouldn't give a stuff about anything else metal in the whole entire world, but they, 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 they'd like South of Heaven. Yeah, um, yeah. It's, it's, it's their pop tune, isn't it, really? Yeah, and, and it's, it, it's very, very not... Rep you, you, you wouldn't play someone South of Heaven, and if they said they dug it, you wouldn't then say, right, then you'll like Slayer. No, no, that, that's true. That's true. I mean, lyrically, it's typical, but musically, not at all. Um, and of course, we don't really, when we first are exposed to new songs, we generally are not listening to the lyrics, are we? Especially no. in this kind of music, you know. That's um, right. Anything I mean, else, Doc, before? Oh, go on, sir. No, I was just going to say that the, the reason that's a candidate for my, um, like, uh, Microcosm of Slayer track is because it's got except for the solo, mm. um, it's got a component of almost everything that makes Slayer, Slayer. Mm -hmm. It's got aggression, it's got speed, it's got groove, um, it's got hate-filled lyrics, mm. um, it's got <laughs> a, 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 a morbidity to the melody, mm -hmm. it's got some jaw-dropping drumming. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, I suppose the only component that's, that's absent is the solo, isn't it, you know? But everything, everything, else, everything else is present and correct. Yeah, and I mean, people don't... Uh, Outsiders don't need to be instructed in the fact that heavy metal has got solos in it. People mm. know that. Onto the lyrics or, or yeah, any absolutely. 
Welcome to part three of the show. Here we're going to go through the lyrics and talk about what we find. So I can't really structure this into verse one, two, three, and four. So I'm just going to say like part one, etc. Um, so part one. For the depression of man holds the key to his own death, entering a tomb of a corpse yet conceived, tighten the tourniquet around your neck, sifting away the debris of hated life, cold touch of death begins to chill your spine, seeking life beyond your perishment, repeating words echoing through your mind. What do we think of this, Doc? What, what on earth is going on? There's a lot to unpack. Mm. Um. I'm going to make a suggestion, um, and it's merely a suggestion. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm inviting critique from your good self. Huh? We've had these two-person narratives in Slayer songs a couple of times already on this album. I almost feel like each, each little stanza, each little four-line group in this track um, is a little vignette, a little narrative of a different person facing death or contemplating suicide. So you think uh, there are multiple protagonists here? Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, so effectively, it's, it's, it's five um, mini-stories. It's, mm. it's, it's, it's five little vignettes of five different people facing death. Mm -hmm. um, so um, once again, we, we have to cut some slack to Slayer's actual use of the English language, mm -hmm. oh, yeah. <laughs> as usual. <laughs> funeral held for the depression of man holds the key to his own death, mm -hmm. entering the tomb of a corpse yet conceived, tighten the tourniquet around your neck. And that, that's, that, that's that little story over. Right. Story number two. Sifting away the debris of hated life, cold touch of death begins to chill your spine, seeking life beyond your perishment, repeating words echoing through your mind. Mm -hmm. um, and as the, as the narratives continue, each narrative has maybe um, a greater and greater supernatural component. Sure. Mm -hmm. um, and we'll certainly see that as we get into kind of part two, won't we? Yes. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. So the first verse, um, and I think it's 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 a journey through suicide or suicide or approaching death as a means of Nietzschean self determination. Okay. Um, so verse one um, is the lowest, most pathetic example. Um, it's someone who is depressed and who's planned to kill themselves. Sure. Yes, it's definitely a, a, a suicide tale, isn't it? Yeah. Um, section two um, is sifting away the debris of hated life. Presumably it's someone who is also determined to kill themselves, but um, intends to transcend the limits of the flesh and the limits of mortality by doing so, seeking life beyond your perishment. Sure. Um, returning to Slayer's oft thought of themes of 
Gnostic dualism and spirit versus flesh. Um, this is someone who is attempting to liberate their spirit from their flesh. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I, I'm with you. Apart from the multiple narrative thing, I, I think this is one story, personally. I don't discount your, your, your theory here, Doc. They're always very interesting. But my take is that this is, this is a suicide tale, and it's the suicide tale of one desperate man. And the, and the reason I think that is because I think there is connecting tissue between the first half and the second half. Tighten the tourniquet around your neck, and then cold touch of death begins to chill your spine. You know, I, I, to me, those things are connected. They're not separate. They're not separate events. Interesting. Let's mm. carry on. Yeah. And let's try and come to some conclusions. Well, I've, I've got a couple of points on, on, on these on these lines before we move on to the, the second verse. Um, yeah. Funeral health for the depression of man holds a key to his own death. So that, that is man as in one person, isn't it? That's not man as in mankind. Wow. Um, mm. How far down this rabbit hole do you want to go? It's a very deliberate choice of words. Um, That's what I thought. The, 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 the decision to omit the indefinite article. Mm -hmm. um, if it was from someone who spoke, who did not speak English as a first language, um, I might attribute it to that. But... You, you, you've heard Kerry King being interviewed, right? Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I'm joking, listeners. I'm only kidding. I'm pulling your legs. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, this goes back to what we were talking about right at the beginning of this episode. Mm. Um, it is possible to have the utmost respect and admiration for people such as Kerry King, um, <laughs> whilst not being in blind ignorance as to the fact that um, sometimes they write words that don't um, make sense. I'm, I'm sure at some point that we're going to receive a cease and desist order from his solicitors, but we'll, we'll, we'll keep going until that, until that eventuality. Mate, um, if that happens, um, I'm going to be even prouder than that bloke who got punched by um, Buzz Aldrin. Oh, yeah, of course. Yes. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, there are some things that would just make you feel like the coolest motherfucker on earth. Mm. Being punched by Buzz, by, by Buzz Aldrin would be one of them. Being punched by the second man on the moon. Oh, good yes. Lord. Yeah, great. Yeah. Sure, sun photographers. It's me. Come on. <laughs> yeah, you're, quite, you're absolutely um, correct. Um, and, <coughs> and, and, have, and having succeeded in offending Kerry King would be another <laughs> one. <laughs> Entering a tomb of a corpse yet conceived. So for me, the tomb is not a literal tomb. I think it's a figurative tomb. It's 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 the suicide room, basically. Would, would you agree with that, or what do you think? Um, do you think that um, Gnostic dualism, um, flesh, oblique stroke, uh, body, oblique stroke, spirit, again, is tomb um, a metaphor for uh, the, the 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 fleshly tomb in which the spirit is interred? Well, until it liberates itself. Well, I think you can interpret it either that way, as in the tomb being, you know, my body, my tomb kind of situation. Yep. Or, you know, he's referring to like a squalid, you know, one bedroom studio flat that this man's living in misery. Um, and, 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 and he perceives that room to be his tomb, effectively. So I think you could read it either way. Yeah, Um there's an allusion here to a very, very different song, and I'm going to come back to it as we go through the lyrics more and more and more. Sure. Um, so I'll, I'll, I'll be coming back to that. I've got some textual evidence that you 
may well be correct okay. about this. And we'll sure. come back to it close to um, the end. A couple more points before we move on to the next section. Um, the cold touch of death begins to chill your spine. I love that dark. I think it's brilliantly, darkly poetic. Um, I just think it's a great line. Um, seeking life beyond your perishment. Now, is perishment a word? No, no I, I didn't think it was. Perishing, the perishing of the fruit occurred because it was stored incorrectly, for example, would be yes. correct English, wouldn't it? Yes. Yeah. So, so they've, they've, you know, they've, they've just created a word there, I think. Or, or you know, they picked up their big thesaurus of, of dark, arcane English words <laughs> <laughs> that have fallen into <clears throat> and found it there. One or the other. I don't think it's of necessity incorrect grammar. Mm. Um, so, um, in theory, you can take um, any uh, perish. So, perish in this case is a verb. You can take any verb, um, and you can attach the correct suffix to make it into um, some other part of speech. Yeah, you, you, you can gen, gen, you can generally adapt a, a verb. To be either a noun or an adjective, depending on the suffix that follows it. Yeah. Um, so I don't think they've done anything grammatically incorrect here. I agree. I agree. Um, I think if they had their um, Oxford Book of English Grammar um, and they were sticking to the strict rules, I don't think they've done anything grammatically wrong. Mm -hmm. um, I just think they happen to have used the techniques of English grammar to make a word that no one's ever used before. Exactly. They've done nothing gra grammatically wrong apart from use a word that doesn't exist. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then just that last line, repeating words echoing through your mind, just great imagery, you know, just a, this sense of hopelessness and desperation. I can imagine somebody stringing themselves up, you know, and as, as they kick the chair away, you know, these phrases, whatever, whatever it is that's causing grievance, just going around in, a, in an echo chamber. I think, I think it's great. Yeah. Um, what method of... Um, I need to ask you this question before we move on to the next section, uh, or the next to next section. <coughs> what method of suicide is being used here? Well, I'm, I'm presuming hanging. So they've, they've kind of attached the tourniquet around yeah. the neck, and then they kind of hoist themselves up somehow across a beam or something like that. And the, the, the tourniquet holds in place, kind of cuts through the cuts through the, the, the throat and effectively ends their life. Right. Hold that thought. Yeah. I need to come back to it in a verse and a half. So here's part part two of the lyrics. lines of blind witchery to save yourself from extinction wanting to die is your reason to live new life born from the oppressed taste your blood as it trickles through the air another casualty beyond the shadows you fall losing ground the fate you feel it draws near fatality reality await the final call of course screamed out with a bit of a halford wail just to make just to make it 
doubly dramatic. Um, again, I, I think these are great lyrics. I, to say, chanting lines of blind witchery, it, it's like um, as the person's killing themselves, they're, I don't know, recanting some kind of incantation or something to pass them on to the to the next world that they will live again. Yeah, but then why so, do they want to live again if they're so miserable in, in the present existence? Um, well, so is this an occult ritual suicide? Mm, mm, it, it's certainly um, hinted at, isn't it? Is this a is 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 this a companion piece to Suicide Sacrifice by Deerside? Ah, ah, yeah, it, well, it could be, couldn't it? You know, and I, th I, I think the clues of, of the supernatural nature come again here with, with the fourth line: "New life born from the oppressor, new life." What's happening here, Doc? So the person's, if you know, if I'm correct, and 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 it is one person's narrative, and the person is committing suicide by hanging. Where's the new life coming from? Because I, can, I um, oh, sorry, Doc. I presume they're referring to themselves as the oppressed. Yeah. Um, so um, if we can sort of use uh, the Dareside song as as as, as a gloss, um, I'm not as I'm not as lyrically familiar with that tune as you are, Doc. So help me out. Well, the the, the, the thesis of that song is that um, you have been um, imprisoned in flesh, which is a means by which your soul is tortured and God has done this to you. Mm. And the way in which you can liberate yourself um, is by enacting this blasphemous ritual, basically killing yourself in the name of Satan and invoking the name of Satan sure. um, and deliberately, um, to paraphrase yet another song, um, reciting the words of spell. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, to send your soul to hell instead of to heaven. Mm. Um, and that's the means by which you liberate yourself from the, this this piece of oppression, this 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 horrible thing that God has done to you. Mm. And, um, and I think I think the supernatural stuff continues with with, with with the next four lines. Really, you've got taste your blood as it trickles through the air. I mean, ignore the fact that can blood trickle through air? I'm not too sure about that. To to trickle, I would suspect some fluid would have to be on a on a hard surface of some kind. Yeah, and I mean, it, it's, it's an odd line considering that you established, and I saw no good reason to disagree with you, that um, the person's committing suicide by hanging. Mm. But the tourniquet, you know, a tourniquet, if, if, if the, the cord is sufficiently thin, could cut through the skin and into the larynx. And I, th I think there could be blood. And if, yeah, if you're hanging, um, you, you then drop. So, the, you know, any blood that's present could, you know, your body drops and the blood come, comes down afterwards. I'm familiar with the word tourniquet um, in two other circumstances other than a means of committing suicide. Yeah. Um, either as a means of first aid. Sure. Yeah, for broken, broken bones on the battlefield, basically, isn't it? Yeah, um, yeah. which we'll come to in a very short time. Ah. Um, or um, as a means of injecting heroin. Uh, oh, yeah, of course, yes. Now, people wrap kind of um, cable of or... Yes, a of band, or, that's it, anything yeah. like that around to, to, to pump the vein up effectively. Yeah. yeah. Um, so you, you, can, you can get a nice plump vein to shoot up. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then one assumes it, it, it sort of... Um, you, you store the liquefaction component of your um, intravenous drug of choice 
um, up behind the tourniquet and then you slack it off so that sure. you, you don't get the whole lot all at once. Sure, yeah. Risk an overdose. Um, so um, those are the two uses of the word tourniquet, um, of which I'm far more familiar mm. um, than as a means of suicide. I don't think I've ever heard anyone... Um, in terms of killing someone or committing suicide, I'm more from, I, I would expect to, to find the word ligature being used. Yeah, yeah, no, I totally agree, actually, yeah, because it, it's kind of a similar... It's a similar thing, isn't it? Really, a ligature or, or a tourniquet. It's it's the context that depend that that it's the context that connotes the word that we choose to use. Yes, yeah. um, I would argue that um, you can use the exact same thing mm-hmm. for both purposes. You can yeah. use a piece of rope or a piece of bicycle in a tube or um, for both things. Um, it's it's an interesting use of that word tourniquet mm-hmm. um, because as a means of strangulation, I would expect the word ligature to be used. I think I think they've chosen that word just for um, reasons of alliteration, because it just sounds more pleasing to the ear. Tighten the tourniquet rather than yeah. tighten the ligature. Yeah. Um, it's... The word tourniquet also has... The word sounds more like it could be a, a medieval instrument of torture as well, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, it clearly derives from French and, and, you know, the verb to turn in French is tourner. It's, it's obviously a derivative of that because, yeah. to, you know, a ligature or a tourniquet, it is that process of turning or twisting, isn't it, that, that gives you the, the grip effectively? Yes. It's, it's one of those words that sounds like the excessively polite words they used for barbaric instruments of medieval torture mm, mm. Yeah, yeah exactly you know like a tourniquet thumb screws trebuchet these kind of yes. things you know they're, they're, we're kind of in the same ballpark aren't we um Definitely. anything on the last four lines here doc because i must be honest i i, I haven't made any notes because i, I didn't really under, another casualty beyond the shadows you fall now is this is this like the idea of, of, of the, like the soul descending into hell? So, you know, you're falling past the, some shadows that exist in limbo or purgatory or something like that. I'm fascinated by the, this, this expression, um, another casualty. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, is this, is this a ritual suicide um, that's, is this one person amongst many who is yeah. committing? Are, are we meant to think of something like um, the mass suicide at Jonestown, or mm. um, the song's far too early for the um, the Heaven's Gate one? Mm-hmm. Um, but it's yeah, certainly that was, that was mid nineties, wasn't it? I think Heaven's Gate, the Heaven's Gate cult. Yeah, um, but I'd say um, the the followers of um, Reverend Jim Jones. Mm. Um, would still have been in the popular consciousness when this album came out. That was, mm. It was only five years previously. Yeah, that's that's the Kool-Aid guy, isn't it? That kind of yeah. made, made, made these followers drink the Kool-Aid that was actually poison. Yes. Yeah, otherwise known as Kool-Aid. Um, um, losing ground, the fact you feel draws near. So losing ground, is that losing ground? I don't know. I mean, the, the losing ground, it, it almost feels militaristic. But I, I think what, I think what, the, what, what they're implying here it's kind of losing consciousness or losing the battle to cling on to life. Yeah. Um, I, I had toyed with the idea that um, it was a narrative of a, 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 a suicide during combat. I didn't toy with it for very long because I, I, I don't think I'm correct about that. Mm. But 
just so you know that thought passed through my mind. Let's see if that, that last line makes it any clearer to us. Um, you await the final call. Mm-hmm. Um, now, do we assume this is the final trumpet, which is alluded to in the book of Revelation? Sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the trumpets will sound and the earth shall give up, uh, uh, shall, shall, shall give up its dead mm-hmm. and all shall be raised incorruptible. It, I certainly interpreted it, the, the final call being, I, d- I didn't really think of the, of, of, the, of the trumpet, particularly from Revelations, but, um, you know, the, the final call from Satan, like, you're the, like the new master, basically. It, basically, you're waiting for instructions, really. Sure. Um, I mean, it's an interesting idea. If it does turn out to be a reference to the final trumpet from the book of Revelation, um, then your fucking spell didn't work, did it? Because the yeah. whole point of this ritual was to enable your was 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 to enable your skull to, your your skull to enable your soul <laughs> to enable your like soul that. to. Uh... I like it could that be your skull. You look like a flaming skull from doom. Yeah, <laughs> rising, rising up or plunging down into hell, whichever way they choose to go. Yeah, with sort of with with with, with flames coming out of it, and yeah. probably some leathery leathery wings attached to the side. <laughs> yeah, the, 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 those monsters from Doom, you know, are called lost souls. So it, it, it it's not entirely inappropriate for the song. No, um, I believe lost souls or um, souls that have recently left their body um, are characterised in many cultures in Africa and Asia as glowing skulls or flaming skulls. Oh, there we go. So that, that's, that's where the creators of Doom got that, got that reference from. I think it's very likely, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it seems it. Um, anything else on, on, on this particular section? Um, fatality, reality. Um, no, I don't think so. Let's, mm. let's go on to the next verse. My sinful glare and nothing holds thoughts of death behind it. Skeletons in my mind commence tearing at my sanity. Vessels in my brain carry death until my birth. Come and die with me forever. Share insanity. Do you want to die? With a big exclamation mark, as it should be the way that Tom delivers it. Um, Really interesting. My sinful glare at nothing holds thoughts of death behind it. So, you know, again, to me, this is the, the individual on the verge of suicide or, or actually in the process of committing suicide, it's, you know, it's the thousand yard stare, isn't it? Basically. Yeah. And by the exact same token, I am drawn more to think of a, 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 a cult leader yeah. Um, yeah. attempting to, uh, to inspire his, and, and particularly that, that, that final line, come and die with me forever and share insanity. Oh, the, yeah, the share's interesting, isn't it? Yeah. 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 And, and the me, because so th- th- there's obviously a second person involved there. Yes. Yeah, no, um, you're quite right. It's a good spot. Whether it's just whether it's one other person or um, whether it's 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 the the cult leader's flock is mm. is, is congregation. Mm. Skeletons in my mind commence tearing at my sanity. Are, are these like the the skeletons in the closet, basically that, that, that we've all got that make us feel ashamed? Um, so the first of several times that um, Slayer will um, allude to skeletons, um, most obviously in the track Skeletons of Society. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, as we've learned from the previous two albums, uh, Slayer are evidently big fans of comic books with um, 
skeletal Nazis in them. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, I think it's just a very powerful visceral image. Yeah, their skeleton Nazi um, preoccupation is very, very apparent. I think it's almost undoubted that Slayer have watched Zombie Lake. <laughs> I would be both surprised and disappointed if they haven't. <laughs> and anybody out there that hasn't watched it, do yourself a favour, guys. Go and go find it. It's absolutely great. Utter, utter tripe. Totally, totally brilliant. Um, vessels in my... go... go on, Doc. Well, I was going to go on to say, um, in Greek mythology and Greek mythology-influenced psychology, such as Freudianism, um, Thanatos... Uh, the death drive is typically characterised as a skeleton in a black cloak. Oh, yes, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I, I don't think that's merely death. I don't think in the context of Greek mythology, I, I, that's, that's not just death that comes to you peacefully when you're ready to die. Um, not, that's, that's not the Grim Reaper with the scythe. Um, it sort of became that, but in modern psychology, we would normally think of Thanatos... Um, the guardian of the underworld, um, as the the, um, the death drive. Um, it's normally placed in opposition to Eros. Mm-hmm. Um, so, is the, the, the Eros the god of love? Well, um, you the, the the erotic versus the thanatic. Um, okay. So, if you like that, um, that the lust for life versus the lust for death. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and. So, uh, Greek mythology-influenced psychology normally posits at least two um, intersecting dualisms. Uh, sure. So you have the the, the Apollonian and, and the Dionysian on one axis and the Thanatic and the Erotic on the other. Mm-hmm. Lust for death, that would be a very different uh, Iggy Pop tune, wouldn't it? I'd, yeah. Yeah, I think I'd give that a listen, for sure. Um, what else have we got here? Vessels in my brain carry death until my birth. So this is presumably the birth after the death that is currently taking place. Yeah, um, it's... Um, rebirth, really. Uh, it's, it's, it's another one of these rituals of death and rebirth. Mm-hmm. What Illusions that... What, what does he mean by vessels in my brain? Surely it's not as literal as blood vessels. I assume he means... Um, containers um, don't assume that he literally means there are wooden sailing ships inside his brain either where's that reference doc oh vessels like, oh I see what yes. you mean like vessels like a ship yeah I understand yes. yeah I've got it um, um, come and die with me forever share insanity so you've already referenced that doc you, 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 you believe that is clear evidence that you know he's not alone when this is taking place for whatever reason yeah, I don't think it's um, a lonely guy in a squalid bedsit by himself. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's too much thought and too much consideration. See, um, going at, and and, and I, I think these lines make it clear he's very definitely not alone. Yeah, I'm sticking with I'm, I'm sticking by my guns though. I, I, I think this is um, like the, the the thoughts that are going on inside his head. I mean, whether he can literally hear these words being said to him. Or whether right. these, or whether these are just thoughts that he's having, I think this person who is committing the act of suicide and is firm in the belief that he's going on to join some group um, or some greater right. force 
That, oh, that's so my interpretation. This verse is actually the words... Okay, this goes a little to explaining my first thoughts, um, which may turn out to be erroneous. This verse is kind of the... Um, the words of his suicidal id. Exactly, exactly, that, exactly correct. Yeah, it, 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 it's, it's that part of his psychology buried deep that's brought him to this moment and is now the kind of overriding aspect of his, of, of his tormented psyche, if that makes sense. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah, I'm not in any way discounting your thesis, Doc. You know, I think it's great when we have these kind of two separate narratives and interpretations going at the same time and, and, and we kind of talk them out. I think it's I think it's part of what makes our show so good. Well, I mean, um, let's go back to secondary school English class um, and being told that one of the most fast, one of the most important things um, about the great poets is that different people can read them um, and different people can obtain different truths from them. Yeah, I remember reading uh, a Susan Hill book. I can't remember which particular book it was actually. But it was notable because the I remember the teacher explained to us that um, in an interview, Susan Hill became quite chippy when she was asked by an interviewer, you know, what, what, what's the book about? What does it mean? And she basically said, well, it means what you want it to mean. Mm. Which, you know, and I've never forgotten that. And whenever, you know, whenever I've analysed any, 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 any piece of fiction or creative writing, I've always kept that in the back of my mind. Interpretation is not fact. Um, it isn't, but then it kind of is, um, because, well, you, it's not possible to meaningfully interact with a text. The text can't talk back to you. You can't ask a text questions. So the only thing you will ever get back from any text is pretty, is, is, is what you bring to it. Yeah, sure. And, we, I mean, and we, we interpret things based on our own experiences, don't we? Yeah. And it's reading a text and interacting with a text, it's not like playing tennis where you've got an opponent on the other side of the net. Mm. It's more like practising squash by yourself. Mm. Mm. Um, where yeah, the, the text doesn't fight back, does it? It, it, it allows um, you to absorb it at, at, at your own pace. Yeah, and I mean, what, what you're basically doing, you, you're, you're hitting the ball against a wall um, and it's coming back at you. But what's coming back at you is ultimately a product of a decision that you made or something that you brought to it. So we've got this. We've just got the last line of, the, of this particular section, which is, "Do you want to die?" Um, and again, I think you could, I think both of our theories here can, can easily carry this line. Do you want to die? To me, in, in my interpretation, that that that's his kind of last desperate thought. You know, do you really do you really want to do this? Do you really want to die? Sure, uh, that, that's a possibility. And I suppose with your narrative, how would you interpret that, Doc? I, I've I've sort of split myself down the middle now. I'm 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 chasing two rabbits here. Point one, um, it's an exhortation to the cron it's, it's it's an exhortation to the flock. Yeah. Um, I've already taken the final step. I'm I'll I'll be gone soon. Now, mm. what about you? Do you want to die? Mm. Mm. Yeah. I, I mean, I can see in my mind, you know, some I don't know, some really shonky uh, Jesus Franco movie. You've got um, like a, a cowled figure on some kind of demonic altar with the worshippers in front of him. Some, there's lots of dry ice. You can imagine incense in the air. And he says to them, do you want to die? Right. No. Does, this, does, does this scene involve naked Soledad Miranda? Well, well, it certainly involved naked women, but I don't know specifically that woman. 
Right. Um, if it doesn't involve Naked Sword Admiranda, I'm not all that interested. Um, <laughs> you does... have very specific tastes. Yes. <laughs> um, let's do the last little section, Doc. The ways of glitter rushing near, pounding at the walls of life, turning out for sanity, reaching back into my mind, now rising my from the grave, showing new reality. What I am, what I want, I'm only after death. The waves of blood are rushing near, pounding at the walls of lies, turning off my sanity, reaching back into my mind, non-rising body from the grave, showing new reality. What I am, what I want, I'm only after death. Oh, it's absolutely great. And the way the, the way this combines with the music is spectacular. Let's go straight to that line. Um, Which one? Because this is almost this is almost transcendent Kerry King. Mm-hmm. It's the first time that Kerry King has really shown self-awareness um, of his own occasional whimsy. Um, on a very superficial reading, um, this looks like um, what we have come to describe as Slayer's unintentional whimsy. Mm-hmm. Um, what I want, I'm only after death. Yeah, that's right, I'm only after. It's that word only, isn't it, that makes it yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, so um, it, it, you, you can sort of imagine someone going down the, like, after they've been on the bus and, you know, they've been able to say, oh, I, I'm going past the end of his road, so I'll, I'll stop and get that one called Lord. <laughs> That's right, um, I remember. It brings, it brings uh, to mind to me a very controversial sketch from Chris Morris's Jam. Um, right. I don't know if you remember that, Doc. You know, that, that was his... The, the, I think that's the last TV series he actually made. Came after Day to Day and Brass Eye. There's a sketch in it where <clears throat> there's a couple arguing, and she's the woman is accusing him, the the, the man, of having an affair. Oh, and this he, is the. Uh, 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 it's all right. I was raping her. Well, it, but he uses the word only. It, don't worry, love. I was only raping her. Yeah, only raping, and it's that word only again, isn't it? That really cuts that fucking line down. Another reading for the line: um, "I am only, I am the one and only. I am alone. There is only me. I have done so." Um, the whimsical interpretation is um, like. I'm not really doing anything harmful. I'm not doing anything untoward. The only thing I'm doing is is is, is I'm I'm just searching for a bit of death. Is is yeah. is, 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 is there any death? Or, <laughs> yeah. Um, in the same <laughs> way that you go into a convenience store, um, I'm only after a loaf and a pack of fags. Yeah, that's right. Uh, yeah. <coughs> yeah. Have you got, I, yeah. Oh, don't, don't worry. I'm only after death. Yeah. Have you got? I want. I want. I want twenty Marlboro, a four pack of Strongbow, and a bit of death if you got it, please. <laughs> <laughs> yes. yes. Exactly. No. Yeah. Um, I like it. The, the waves of blood are rushing near, pounding at the walls of life. See, with my interpretation here, that is literally the, like the, 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 the pounding of the blood in his head as the pressure builds on his neck. And the wall of lies is kind of his interpretation of the life that he's led. Everybody's lying to him. You know, yes. there, there's no point going on anymore, basically. That, that's the way that I, that I look at that. And turning off my sanity reaching back into my mind you know he's he's blacking out basically turning off my sanity he knows he's crazy and slowly he's kind of drifting into unconsciousness um i think i've got this expression correct uh, is it called atavism oh, i don't oh, another word atav- atavistic atavistic um, I, so... I looked this up recently for a student and i can't remember the definition um i believe if i've got this right um willingly 
um, doing something, going through some process um, to put yourself into a less sophisticated, less civilized and more primitive frame of mind. I'm just having, I'm just having a quick Google while, while you're talking, Doc. A bit of, a bit of uh, live research. Yeah, uh, so I'm, I'm interested in this, um, this phrase, reaching back. Um, and I don't think it means reaching back into his personal memory. I, I, I think it's reaching back into stored memories or racial memories or reaching back into a more primitive condition. Yeah, and, and the definition seems to back you up here. Atavistic, relating to or characterised by reversion to something ancient or ancestral. Right. Yeah, so very good. Yeah. So, so he, he's kind of reaching back to something almost kind of primal. Yeah, yeah, that, that, that does make sense. Um, this this third line is very interesting. Non-rising body from the grave showing new reality. What on earth does that mean? So he's um, killed I himself. Think, oh, go on, Doc, sorry. I think it's a very explicit reference to what we... Mm. So with, with, with a little help from Deerside, mm. um, we understood this to mean that the, the suicide is a calculated ritual to send your soul to hell and put your spirit beyond beyond the reach of god yeah um and then we have the earlier reference to the trumpet that will sound to summon everyone from their graves to mm. be judged mm -hmm. um except you, you've you've done something you've conducted this ritual um you've gone through this atavistic process um and now your body won't answer the you're you you're you're no longer um in the future you will not be summoned uh, by saint michael with his trumpet sure Sure. Yeah. And, and, and kind of my interpretation here would be, you know, that this guy is killing himself. He's about to die. Um, and at this point, he's, he has actually died. He's passed beyond, but he's still got some kind of non-corporeal presence. So he can see his body, this non-rising body. It's a bit clumsy, non-rising body. It's a bit clumsy, but, but, but I get it. I understand what they mean. Um, and, and, and that's his new reality. I, I am in this new reality, which is non-corporeal. And there is my old form, the non-rising body. Yes. On the ground dead, basically. Um, and then we come back to the slightly more sophisticated interpretation of I'm only after death. I, I'm, I am only, which can either mean I am one and only, I am all alone after death. Mm. Or um, I think you can push the meaning a bit. <clears throat> Um, my true existence did not even begin until after I died. Yeah, yeah. I think I think it's definitely possible, Doc. I, I, I think I think both of our theories are perfectly plausible, actually. Um, I, you know, I think I think there are arguments both ways, um, and only only Kerry King knows the truth. Um, any further thoughts here, Doc? Or should we should we close this bad boy out? I think we should close the bad boy out. Um, I mean, um, I just feel the need to mention that mm. um, when we started this exercise quite a while ago now, um, it wasn't. I was the tiniest bit sceptical about whether we could really mine a half-hour discussion from discussing the lyrics of Slayer songs. <laughs> um, and it turns out we're not having any trouble spending at least half an hour talking about the, 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 the lyrics of Slayer songs. No. Um, there's, there's more to them, um, I think, even than I thought when we started the exercise. 
our greatest challenge will be when we get to the end of uh, the Slayer back catalogue and we, and we move on to either Two Unlimited or the Venger Boys. That's really going to test out Metal Duck. Well, uh, um, I will see just how far, uh, just how much meaning we can get out of no, 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 no. Let me say yeah! interpreting the opening line of the Venga Boys classic Ibiza. Ooh, we're going to Ibiza. Ooh, we're going to have a good time. I wonder how we're going to mine that for, 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 for content. I don't know. We'll find out when we get there. Ooh, we're going to Ibiza. not actually um, Ibiza, the island in the Mediterranean Sea. Um, what if it's a, 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 a metaphorical Ibiza? Oh, my, my word. Yeah, my word. What could that look like, Doc, in your mind, in, in your twisted mind? I had something really, really, really offensive to say in answer <laughs> to that question, um, which I'll share with you after you stop recording. <laughs> you don't want to be cancelled? No. No, fair um, enough. Fair enough. He, he, even a Lovecraftian monstrosity like yourself has limits. Yes. Yeah, fair enough. Um, let's, let's move on. Welcome to part four of the show. Here, we just offer our final thoughts and stuff. Before that, though, some details. Writing credits. Doc, we've been making a calamitous mistake all the way through this, by the way. Um, we have, yeah, writing credits. Look at this. Music, Hanneman. Lyrics, Hanneman. No Kerry King involvement at all, apparently. Well, all I can say is Jeff Hanneman's been taking lessons from Kerry King, then, hasn't he? <laughs> <laughs> I'm as surprised as you are. Um, <clears throat> according to Setlist, this track was played 1,121 times, no less. Putting it in 10th position overall. Um, it was first played at the Moore Theatre in Seattle, 31st of October, 1986. Again, I think as most of the tracks on this album uh, were debuted at that, particular at that particular gig. And the last play was the Forum in Inglewood, the last ever Slayer show. Um, Loudwire, here's what they say. Um, 
for citation purposes, you can go to Loudwire and look up all 118 Slayer tracks ranked, and you'll find the article. Um, according to their ranking, this comes in at position number 12, which is pretty lofty. Um, and this is what they say. It's tough not to fill the top 20 with Rain in Blood tracks, because even the album's deeper cuts are so damn good. Postmortem stands out as the only song from Rain in Blood that remains mid-tempo for almost its entire duration. Of course, Slayer couldn't help but supercharge the last 40 seconds, but with its giant riffs and Araya's vocals in the forefront, Postmortem has, not post. what did I say? Postmortem has an <laughs> level of character to it. Yeah, I pretty much agree with that, Doc. Nothing really to, to criticise there, in my opinion. No, definitely not. No. Um, final thoughts then, my good man. Um, for the third time and the last this evening, I fucking love that track. Yeah, yeah. I always knew it was a track that was on a great album that didn't have any bad tracks on it. Um, mm -hmm. I didn't realise until this evening how what, what, what a great track that actually is. Mm -hmm. um, I think, unusually, Def Jam really missed a trick when they didn't choose that as the cut to make into the single oh yes but that, that's interesting yeah mm -hmm. you, you you think that would have had more kind of pulling power because presumably because of the groove and and, and, the, and the slower tempo yeah 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 i can't disagree with you at all i agree doc it's, it's an it's an absolute cracker i think it's pretty much flawless which i suppose is a bit of a, a spoiler for my rating um as you say, you know, to have such a quality song in that placement on an album is very, very unusual. It, 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 it kind of trails into the, the, the closing cut absolutely perfectly, sets the mood brilliantly. Um, Tom's vocals are on point. Um, yeah, everybody, everybody involved is at the top of their game. Yes. Give me a score, Doc. Um, ten. Well, it, I mean, it's just got to be, hasn't it? It's got to be yeah, a 10 out of 10, hasn't it? Yeah. yeah. And, and I totally, totally concur. Is that your first 10? Maybe my second. Don't ask quick... me what my first one was. Hang on, hang on. Hold on, folks. Let me open uh, Let me open my spreadsheet, my spreadsheet of doom, um, and I'll let you know. So you've given one ten previously, according to uh, the spreadsheet of Doom, and that was the first track on this album, which is of course "Angel of Death." I've been yeah. a little bit more generous. I've given one, two, three, four, five, six in total including this one. So I, my, my, my 10 out of 10s were uh, Black Magic from uh, Show No Mercy. And then we've got um, Chemical Warfare from Haunting the Chapel, Angel of Death, Jesus Saves, Criminal Insane, and now Postmortem from Brain in Blood. So yeah, yeah, it's pretty strong stuff, isn't it, this album? The scores, are, really the scores are very, very elevated. Um, Anything else to say, Doc, or should we uh, should we call it a night? Um, I think we've heaped enough praise um, mm -hmm. on the song. Mm -hmm. um, let's catch up again soon, um, and we'll 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 bring this album to a shuddering climax. 
we will do. And so that just about does it for this episode. Don't forget, guys, you can contact us on Twitter at Vercast or on email at SlatanicVercast at gmail.com. Join us next time when we'll be talking about the 10th and final track from Raining Blood, which is, of course, Raining Blood. Don't get those confused, guys. See you next time, Doc. Take care. Bye-bye.